0: Chapter 8 of How to Have Bird Neighbors This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dr. L. Martin How to Have Bird Neighbors by S. Louise Patterson Birds Not of a Feather One day On looking up into a tree in the vacant lot, what should I see there? A mother robin just dropping a worm into her baby's open beak. The nest was right in the crotch where the trunk forks into two main branches. So many robins' nests are blown off the branches by the wind or washed off by heavy rains that I was glad to see this nest firmly saddled on that strong trunk but a second thought told me that it was easy for cats and squirrels to get at so i studied how to make it safe all the tin sheeting had been used up but i knew where there was some old stove pipe a kind neighbor ripped it open one piece was not wide enough to go around the tree so i had to use two mrs cotton who had again become my neighbor having built a bungalow on one of the vacant lots came to help me she said it wasn't good for the tree to drive nails into it and fetched some wire meanwhile i got the step-ladder for the sheeting must be high enough so that cats and squirrels cannot jump from the ground to the trunk above it we used only two small nails to keep the wires from slipping of course the robins scolded while we were doing this they never liked to have anybody near their tree after a week the young ones were sitting on the edge of the nest i knew then that they would soon leave it and i began to keep a close watch on them and on the cats of the neighborhood if all cats belonged to people and had to be kept on their own premises little birds would be much safer as it is cats may roam wherever they please they can crouch in tall grasses flower-beds shrubs and other places ready to pounce on any bird that comes near enough homeless cats who have to hunt their living are the greatest menace to birds especially to young birds who are not yet wise to the dangers that surround them now who is to blame surely not the cats instead of continually berating the cats let the friends of birds secure laws to license cats to compel people to keep their cats on their own premises to punish people for putting cats astray and to put homeless cats out of their misery one june day while walking along the ravine i saw three robins on the ground i went to the tree to see if the young had all left the nest and found that one was still there he looked down as if he would like to go to join his brothers but he seemed to be afraid to leave the safe little home the parents brought food to him and also to those on the ground whenever the parents went to the one on the nest they urged him to come over to some of the near branches but he stayed on the nest as if glued to it finally one of the parents got behind him and just politely pushed him off he spread his wings to fly but fluttered to the ground instead of continuing my walk that morning i stayed with the robins about a hundred feet away i could see them well with my field glasses my neighbor mrs cotton was just as much interested in these birds as i was they could not fly well yet between us we saw to it that no harm befell them that day towards evening the robins also sought the protection of those bristly thornapple bushes one by one they coaxed the young in that direction during that night a great storm came up of lightning and thunder and rain i was sorry for the young robins but had no doubt that their parents shielded them i have seen a mother bird sit faithfully on the nest when the rain was pelting her mercilessly mother love knows no discomforts i think all birds enjoy a good shower they always sing joyously as soon as it clears again and sometimes while it is still raining some also enjoy a shower bath sometimes they finish it with a ducking in the basin those that do not care for the shower usually know where to find a comfortable place during a heavy downpour on such occasions i have seen them take refuge in trees close to the trunk where it is steady and where the foliage is dense over them and i have seen them go for shelter under rail fences such as there are in the country where the rails are broad enough to protect a little bird i have also seen birds come out from under a corn crib after a rain so i presume they had gone under it for shelter after the robins had left their nest i took the sheeting off the tree it is said that the bark of a tree is its lungs through which it breathes i want all the trees around me to breathe deeply of the precious air so i try always to save the bark it is much easier to take off the wires than it is to take nails out of a tree already some insects had made nests and cocoons under this sheeting my way of getting acquainted with birds was by keeping a notebook in it i wrote everything i saw any bird do what he ate how he sang what he looked like where he was generally seen etc i always watched a bird as long as it stayed in sight when it left i observed its flight and its shape then i looked at the colored pictures in my bird books to see if i could find a bird similar to mine If I did find him, then I read all about him to see whether that bird ate the kind of food and acted and flew and sang in the way my strange bird did. If he did, then I knew I had made the acquaintance of a new bird. For instance, I had written about one bird. Rather plump, head pointed, bill long, head and back olive, front yellow, wings dark with white bars tail brown with dark marks is on the fence getting strings also visits the basin never sings likes breadcrumbs nearly as large as robin sometimes there came with this bird a beautiful black and orange bird in a little pocket guide i found both these birds pictured as mates they were the baltimore orioles she was the bird i had described in my notebook while she was getting strings her mate was usually up in a tree somewhere near singing he ho he, hee ho ho he. it was no wonder that the orioles needed so many strings they made a bag-like nest on the tip end of a branch in mrs cotton's elm the wind used to swing that nest like a hammock i often thought how nice it must be for those baby orioles to be rocked by the wind and to have such a fine musician for their father, Mrs. Cotton was keeping her cat house during those days. Moreover, she threw bread out on her lawn every day for any birds that might want it. The orioles were among the birds that went there. They preferred gram or entire wheat bread to white bread. Other birds that came to my yard were the brown thrasher, the goldfinch, and the red-headed woodpecker they had their nests along the ravine the red-headed woodpecker's home was in a hole of an old tree near the ravine their call was a guttural churr which was pleasant to hear near the nest tree was a big stone which they used as a convenient perch the woodpecker babies did not have the showy red head and neck of the parents theirs were of a rusty color and the white on their wings was barred with black during the summer father woodpecker often brought the babies to the food station they could help themselves pretty well to suet, but the peanuts were a puzzle to them they just pecked into the shell and tried to eat that usually before the babies arrived the father came and perched on some high point and looked all around if all was to his liking he sounded his rattling tattoo the babies always came so promptly that it was evident he had hidden them somewhere near probably with orders to await his signal before venturing farther i think the brown thrusher must have had a large family he used to tear off pieces of bread and carry them away from the bird table once he carried off a piece of cheese that kept him trailing near the ground it was so heavy a blackbird followed and tried to take it but the thrasher got away from him a queer thing about the brown thrasher is his song it is made up of real words and sentences and he sings everything twice or more times if you should ever hear a big brown bird with a long reddish tail and speckled breast sing beverly beverly peter peter tell it to me tell it to me come here come here and such things then you have heard the brown thrusher. if you will look high enough you can almost surely see him too in the top of a high tree he loves to be seen as well as heard mrs brown Thrusher looked just like her mate she had hidden her nest so well that i did not find it until it was empty it was in a dense thicket i knew it was hers because she was still near I owe it, I owe it, she scolded until I went away. One little baby Thrasher was on a branch of the thicket. The mother was guarding him. The goldfinches were very late with their housekeeping in July. They were still gathering strings and cotton for their nesting. They are just as polite and gentle as the chickadees. Their name fits so well that anybody who sees these yellow birds, just like canaries with black wings and tail ought to know them at once their song usually starts with sweet 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 and the rest is a regular canary song they are sometimes called wild canaries the young goldfinches loved to sit on the edge of their nest as soon as they were old enough as they sat there they chattered to each other "Zubibi, zibibi and fluttered their wings a great deal When I found their nest, I was surprised that I hadn't seen it before. It was low on a buckeye. When the young goldfinches left their nest, it seemed as if they wanted to get acquainted with people. They came down on the lowest branches and quite near the house. One alighted on the clothesline. Whenever father or mother came with food, there was the greatest fluttering of wings. Each one called, Sebebe, Sebebe, as loud as he could and opened wide his bill to catch what the parents tossed or squirted out to him it was no living squirming thing but a pulpy mass the young were yellow in front olive on the back and they had black wings with brown and white bars the black tail was edged with white goldfinches like sunflower seeds but the main reason why they are so useful and so well-liked is that they eat large quantities of thistle-seeds and dandelion seeds when cold weather came the parent goldfinches were no longer so beautifully yellow for they had put on their gray autumn coats End of Chapter Eight.